Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Our theme today is the baptism of our Lord Jesus Christ, as well as your baptism. One of the books that I read in seminary conveyed a story of a man who's much older now, but he grew up in a time when they didn't have running water. Um, I wish I could give credit to the person who wrote this, the book that I got this from, but it's in, it's in here and I can't remember who it was. I think maybe it was the Reverend Harold Sinkbile, but I could be mistaken. I, I don't know if I wish I could give credit to him, but I also believe that um, he would want any story of his to be used, whether I could give him credit or not. So God knows who he is. Anyway, as a young boy, he had a ritual every Saturday night, preparation for church. Everyone got a bath. And they didn't have running water. So what that meant was they'd bring in the wash tub, set it in the kitchen. Father would go out and bring buckets of water in. They'd fill it up. Mother would heat up water, add it to the wash tub. And they'd have a warm bath. And they started with the youngest child. And they went up age order. So you put the youngest child in. Mom will get her all washed up and clean. She's out. She's washed. She's clean. She's ready for church the next day. Brother comes along. Takes his bath right on up the line. Finally, mom herself takes a bath. And then last of all, dad gets in and takes a bath. You can imagine what that water looked like by the time dad got in to take a bath. (laughs) It was dirty bath water by that point in time. This is kind of a a plain illustration, but I think it's kind of helpful in understanding what's going on in the baptism of Jesus. And that's why I wanted to use this example. See, Jesus did not require baptism for his own sake. Think about it. He was without sin. So what was the baptism of repentance? What was he repenting of? He was without sin. Second Corinthians 5 says, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So I ask again, why was Jesus baptized? Our gospel lesson today is from Luke, but um, what you might not realize, you know, we have four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. They all have their own special category, which is gospel. We call it gospel because these are the historical accounts that tell what happened in Jesus' life and ministry. They're all different, though. There's a a common message in all of it. It's the gospel of Christ. But they're sort of looking at the events from different angles. And so sometimes there are some accounts that we have in Matthew and in Mark, but we don't have it in Luke or John and vice versa. But the baptism of Jesus is one that is picked up in all four gospels. So it's fitting that we take a closer look at it. What exactly is going on here? All right. Matthew, from Matthew's gospel, he tells us that John the baptizer would have prevented Jesus from receiving baptism. 
John said, I need to be baptized by you, and yet you come to me to be baptized? See, John was uncomfortable with this. He's like, this is a baptism of repentance. Are you the son of God? Are you the promised Messiah? And you come to me to be baptized? This doesn't seem right. And how did Jesus respond? He said, let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. See, Jesus was not baptized to be cleansed from his sin. He had no sin. He was baptized to be cleansed from your sin. What sin? All of them. Every single one of them. You can go right down the Ten Commandments. Start with the very first one. You shall have no other God before the Lord your God. And you fall short of that every day. Anytime we put something else ahead of God, which we do, that's why we confess. Very first thing we do in our service, we come, we stand before God and we confess that we're sinners in need of his mercy. All of those sins, that's what Christ took. Now, come back to that illustration of the, the dad that gets into the dirty bathwater. Yeah, that's Jesus. He got into the dirty bathwater and it was made dirty by your sins and by my sins. By the sins of the whole world. He took those sins upon himself and received the baptism of repentance, not for his own sin, because he had none, but for your sin. All those sins of yours that were washed away, they went into that dirty bathwater that he stepped into. Prior to Jesus' ascension, He issued the Great Commission. This is probably familiar to you. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. We often remember this part in the middle, go therefore make disciples baptizing, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. But we forget the first part, which was all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, do this thing. And then the last part, which is, and behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. We should be encouraged by that. On the great day of Pentecost, when Peter preached to those that were gathered in Jerusalem, people were, uh, as we read in Acts 2, cut to the heart. They heard Peter's preaching, of course, when he said, this Jesus whom you crucified. They heard that and they were cut to the heart and they repented and they said, brothers, what shall we do? And this is Peter's reply. Listen, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. That's what Peter told them. We're to, we, we read in Acts that there were 3,000 people that day added to the church that repented and received baptism 
they received the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the promise was not just for them, but for all who were far off, which is us, which is you and I, all of us. This is faithfulness to the commission of Christ. Uh, in, In faithfulness to the commission of Christ, and also by the example of the apostles, starting here with Peter, the church has baptized for the, from the very beginning, and we continue to baptize to this day. You know, we put the font right here because we want to always remember and see that. We make the sign of the cross to remember our baptism. I mean, there's no magical incantation. That's not what we're doing. There's nothing magic in this. It's just a simple reminder. I am baptized in Christ. We confess that baptism saves. 1 Peter 3.21 makes that abundantly clear. Baptism saves you. We confess that in baptism we receive. What do we receive? Forgiveness of sins. It's right out of Acts 2. Receive the Holy Spirit. Again, that's right out of Acts 2. And, and did you notice this word, the promise? This is, there's a promise in baptism. And who is it for? You and your children, all those who are far off. This is why we baptize infants in our church. Why wouldn't we? Are they not part of all nations? Are they not part of the everyone? All whom the Lord our God calls to himself. Notice that also. It's passive. It's not all who seek after God and ask to be baptized. All who make a confession of their faith and desire public witness of an inward confession or whatever, whatever else is out there you know, in, in the world of, of baptisms. It's none of that. It's all who are called to himself. God calls when, when we bring a child forward to receive baptism, just like each one of you were baptized, many of you baptized as children, infants, babies, you, may, you don't even remember it. Does that take anything away from it? Of course not, because it's not your work that you were doing. It's God's work, and it's God's promise that's attached to that baptism. In the large catechism, Dr. Luther says, Thus and much more even you must honor baptism and esteem it glorious on account of the word. Since he himself, Jesus, was on, has honored it both by words and deeds. Moreover, he confirmed it with miracles from heaven. And this is right out of our reading for today. For do you think it was a jest that when Christ was baptized, The heavens were opened and the Holy Ghost descended visibly and everything was divine glory and majesty. I mean, this brings us back to these final two verses from our gospel. Now, when all the people were baptized and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heavens were opened. Picture that. The heavens were opened. And the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form, like a dove. I, we don't know why, you know, possibly because, uh, well, Luther thought that it was that the Holy Spirit took the form of a dove because a dove is a peaceful bird, a peaceful animal, so it's a symbol of peace. But it, this is the way they described it. 
the Holy Spirit came down in bodily form with the appearance of a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. Here we have the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit all manifestly present in this event of Jesus' baptism. They were witnesses. They were testifying to the objective work of Christ and to the validity of this baptism. God the Father spoke from heaven. God the Holy Spirit descended bodily. Jesus, the Son, God the Son, um, willingly accepted the mantle which God placed upon him. And that is what pleased God. When God said, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased, what he was saying is, it pleases me, God the Father, that to fulfill all righteousness, God the Son will receive this baptism to wash away, not his own sin, he had no sin, but to wash away your sins. And this was pleasing to the Father because this was the Father's will. And Jesus submitted. God the Son submitted to God the Father's will. Brothers and sisters, you have been baptized into Christ Jesus. And that means you've been baptized into his death. That means you were buried with him in baptism. So that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, you too might walk in newness of life. You are dead to sin. Does that mean you're gonna, you will no longer sin? No. No, because we all know as believers, we will struggle with sin. But notice I said struggle with sin. Yeah, but what it does mean is that that sin that you have committed, that thing that you can think of in your mind that is just wearing you down because you know you did wrong, that thing, that sin has the power to drag you down to hell. But not anymore. You have been baptized. You remember your baptism and you say to Satan, No, (laughs) you're right about all those awful things you say about me, but you're wrong about the outcome because Jesus Christ was baptized for me. He took his sins and Jesus Christ baptized me and gave me the gift of the Holy Spirit and has set me free from my sin. So no, these sins do not have the power to drag me down to hell. Not anymore because Jesus has taken these sins away from me. He has washed them away. I have been washed clean. These sins are as far from me as the east is from the west. For Christ's sake, you've been forgiven. You have been washed clean of all of your sins. He, he who knew no sin, Jesus Christ, has become sin so that you may be redeemed. The peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.